0: Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. Our desire is to help people understand God's intention for their life. We hope for every listening, you are blessed by this week's message. Well, good morning. I'm so excited to be sharing the Word of God with you today. I'm going to be talking to you today about moving from doubtful to hopeful And I just can't get off this subject of of hope, actually, because I just feel like this is a season where God wants to really embed it into our hearts that he wants you to be filled with hope. So let me ask you a question. Have you ever had your hopes disappointed? Have you ever had your hopes uh, dashed or not come to pass? Think about that. Think about that moment. Think about the time when maybe uh, a particular job situation didn't work out the way you wanted it to. Maybe a relationship failed, perhaps something happened in your family that just just disappointed you and left you feeling hopeless. Maybe it's a a fight you got into, someone said some disrespectful words, hurt you. Uh, Maybe it's something that happened in your childhood and you've been living, maybe you're not even aware of it, but you've been living with this perpetual cycle of doubt just not hopeful for a bright future. Just always expecting the worst. Always expecting the other shoe to drop, as they say. You know, there's a lot of people that like that. They, they just don't expect things to work out the way they want it to. God wants to change that. He wants you to change that heart or that mindset. And by the Holy Spirit, that will change. You know, and I want to let you know that God understands you. Jesus understands you. He understands what it's like to have hope, have desire and it not come to pass. You may say, "Really? I mean, doesn't God's desire always come to pass?" No. No, and that that makes like a radical thing to say because we love to say that, you know, everything that God wants comes to pass. No, there are things that are happening that doesn't please God. You know, Jesus didn't want Peter to deny him 3 times. You don't think that hurt you don't think that hurt when, when, when Peter said, I don't know him, I don't know him, I don't know him three times to his face? That hurt. I mean, that even though he knew it was coming, that created a pain in that moment. Jesus understands what it's like to experience that. And so you're in a good place because God is not some far off God who doesn't understand and doesn't relate to emotions that you may feel or may have. No, he actually does. And he wants to speak life into your heart. He wants you to be a person of hope. In fact, it reminds me of a scripture found in Proverbs 13, verse 12. This is what it says. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. And so I understand. I understand what it's like if you have your hopes on something and then it doesn't come to pass. In fact, it's deferred. It's pushed for a later date. And it says that it makes the heart sick. It makes you feel like sick on the inside. Like, man, I have a sickening feeling. You know, I had all my Hopes in this, I, I, I trusted that this would come to pass. I, I was planning for this, and then it didn't happen, right? But look at the end of the verse. It says, "But when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. It is a tree of life." And so I love the fact that it says, "When the desire comes, not if it comes, but when it comes." And here's the good news for you, right here, and here right, right, right now, and right here, the desire will come the desire will come. I believe that your hopes, and I'm specifically talking about the hopes that are rooted in God's word, God's promise, God's plan and purposes for your life, it will come to pass. You may be sitting here feeling like, man, I believe that God has so much more for me. I believe that God wants to do so much with me, so much more with me. I feel like I'm bottled up. I feel like I'm I'm not releasing my potential. I feel like 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 I just can't seem to get there, wherever there is. The desire will come. I want you to lock in on that. The desire will come and it will be a tree of life for you. That's the word of the Lord for you. In fact, I like Romans 5 verse five. It says, now hope does not disappoint. Again, there's some people who don't want to hope because they don't want to be disappointed. So they'll say, I don't want to get my hopes up. I don't want to get my hopes too high. Why? They're afraid that if I do, it's going to be a letdown. But here's what the Word of the Lord says, hope does not disappoint. Why? Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Think about that. Why is it that the Bible is telling us, the Word of the Lord is saying to us that hope does not disappoint? Very simply, because God's love has been poured inside of you. And that force of love is a reminder that even if you feel disappointed by certain things, you will not live in a perpetual state of disappointment because God's love is beating in your heart, reminding you you're loved. And if you're loved, then you know that in the end, it will all work out for your good. That's the word of the Lord for you. That's what the Bible teaches. So don't get hung up on a moment of disappointment. Don't get hung up on something that didn't go right and then let it be a judgment against you. I may not be smart enough. I may not be good enough. I may not be pretty enough, handsome enough. I may not have I may not have what it takes. These are all the words, these are all the emotions that come into our hearts and our minds when we let it when our hopes don't come to pass, we let it be a judgment against ourselves. I'm just I just I guess I can't do it. I just don't have what it takes. That's a lie from hell. You do have what it takes. You can make it. The Lord is with you. His hand is blessing you. And you have to remind yourself of these scriptures that that we're hearing today. Hope does not disappoint. Why? Because God's love has been poured on the inside of me. And that love poured in me is a reminder that I'm loved and that I'm his child and that things will work out. Things will pan out according to God's purposes for my life. And I want you to really lock in on that. According to God's purposes for my life, things will work out. You know, I shared last week about a living hope. And I think that's the key thing because truthfully, there's some things that maybe we're hoping for that are, it's self-centered. It's not really based on anything of value, right? And so I'm not talking about those hopes. I'm talking about the hopes that are rooted in God's promises for you hopes that you know God, God, God presented to you, things that God has showed you or revealed to you from His Word or by His Spirit, things that you know on the inside that this is God's plan for my life. Those are the hopes I'm talking to you about. That will come to pass, and it will be a tree of life. And I want you to realize the reason why it will come to pass is because hope cannot disappoint because God's love has been poured inside of you. His love will bring it to pass in your life. You know, I love a story. It's a very popular, familiar story, David and Goliath. It's probably the most famous story in the Bible, to be honest, which is one of the first stories you learn as a kid. David and Goliath, David and Goliath, David killed Goliath. David was like a little boy, and he was like a 16-year-old kid, and Goliath was a grown man. He was a warrior, and miraculously and unexpectedly, David beat him, David killed him. You know, David slayed the giant. You know, those are the things that we know, right? And we're enamored by that story, and and that's a great story. But, you know, one of the things that I love about that, and that, that story is found in 1 Samuel 17, is that before David even got the chance to fight Goliath, he had to fight his way through to the battlefield, trying to convince his family, trying to convince King Saul that he, in fact, was willing and able to fight Goliath. If you read that entire chapter, you'll see that David's biggest battle wasn't Goliath. It was trying to convince those that he was able to, that he was able to defeat him. That, that's what took the most amount of time. That's what took the most amount of effort, convincing people, I can do this. And sometimes, you know, you, you have a hope in your heart and you want to go forward with it. But there's people around you that kind of, you know, they're, they're giving you that, that, that feeling like, oh, I'm not sure if this is what you should do. I'm not sure if you can do it. I'm not sure if you're able to do it. And you got to remember stories like this that, wait a minute, David killed Goliath, but that wasn't his biggest battle. It was fighting through the opinions of people. David didn't allow the hopes or the, 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 the hopes that he had to be dashed because of the unbelief that was around him. And the same thing is true for you. Your hopes will come to pass no matter who agrees with it or not. If it's rooted in the word of God, I'm speaking life to it. It will come to pass in Jesus name. Now, I want to share with you a few verses from that same chapter I mentioned, 1 Samuel 17. I'm going to look at verse 26 to 29, because here's the key thing about moving from doubtful to hopeful, right? How do you do that? You have to refocus on your why. Why do I need to go forward with this? Why is this important? Why is this a dream of mine? Why should I believe God for this? If you don't understand the why and the why is not rooted in God's plans and purposes for your life, you will not be a hopeful person. Our hopes are clarified when we answer this question, why? Our hopes are reinvigorated when we answer this question, why? Why should I fight for my marriage? Why should I fight for my family? Why should I persevere in school? Even though it's been difficult semester after semester, what is the big picture? Why am I doing this? And a lot of times what we focus on is just the what, you know, finish school, get married, have children, start this business, start this ministry, buy this house, move here, go here. We know the what, but we're missing the why. Why is this important? And if you don't have this clear in front of your eyes, you will get discouraged and you will live hopelessly. David didn't make that mistake, thank God. David understood why he should fight Goliath. It wasn't just so that, you know, if, if he fights Goliath, because there was some added incentive that the king threw in. He says, listen, if you, if whoever kills this guy, you know what? I'm going to give you my daughter to be married to. I'm going to make sure that your house doesn't have to pay any more. Your, your father's house doesn't have to pay taxes. So the king threw in some incentives, but we're going to see David's heart here. What, what was his why? He understood, okay, what the king was offering, but what motivated David, what motivated this 16-year-old boy to fight against a giant that was eight to nine feet tall? What motive, what was his why? Well, let's look at it. Verse 26, then David spoke to the men who stood by him saying, what shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel for who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Look how personal David took it. Who is this guy here to be defying the armies of the living God? That was his why. Look, 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 look at verse 27. And the people answered him in this manner saying, so shall it be done for the man who kills him. Now, Eliab His oldest brother heard when he spoke to the men and Eliab's anger was aroused against David. And he said, why did you come down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and the insolence of your heart for you have come down to see the battle. David said, what have I done now? And this is the thing I want you to remember. He asked this question, is there not a cause? is there not a cause? What have I done now? Now, remember, if you don't know, David was the youngest of his brothers. And so when you hear him saying, what have I done now? You can get a picture of what kind of relationship David must have had with his brothers. He probably was that kid that his brothers blamed everything on, you know? And so David is now exasperated. He's like, oh boy, what have I done now? What's your issue now? And he says, isn't there a cause? In other words, Isn't there a reason why I should be here? Notice this is critical. This is not, I'm just not here because I'm nosy and and I want to just, you know, know, be part of this battle. No, there's a cause. And what was the cause? The cause was to remove the reproach that Goliath was bringing to the armies of the living God. That's what he said. I'm going to remove this reproach That's my purpose. That's my why. That's why I'm here. Not because I want to have exemption of taxes, not because I want to marry King Saul's daughter. No, that's not really the reason why. The reason why is because this man is defying the armies of the living God. Can I just say this to you? Your why has to be rooted in the purposes of God. So why do you fight for the things you fight for? Is it rooted in the purposes of God or is it rooted in your own ego? Is it rooted in your own self-actualization? Is it rooted in your own name, your own namesake, being famous and being whatever you want to be? Is it rooted in those things or is it rooted in something bigger than that? And I want you to understand if you want to be a person filled with hope, you have to attach your hope with God's purposes for your life. I'm doing this and my hope is this because I believe that this gives glory to God. This causes God to shine through my life. This allows others to see who he is in me. This is my motivation. This is my joy. This is my hope. And this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. If you lose sight of that, if it's just about making a certain amount of money, if it's just about you know, moving up on, in the corporate ladder, if it's, if it's just rooted in those things, you will be hopeless. But if your hope is based on something bigger, more important, more larger than you, you will be filled with hope. I want you to ask yourself right now. What is your why? Why do you do the things you do? Why are you pursuing the things you're pursuing? What is your why? Is it rooted in the purposes of God or is it just survival? I'm doing it because I got to survive. I'm doing it because I got to, I'm doing this because I, I'm just doing it because, you know, I, this, is what, this, this, this is what my culture tells me to do. This is what my family tells me to do. This, what's your why? What is it all coming down to? If we come to the place where our heart is saying, Lord, my why, is so that you will shine in my life and that my life will be a glory to your name. This is my why. This is why I'm moving forward. This is why I'm pushing forward. I'm pressing ahead. This is my why. If that is your why, there will be a hope that will spring in your heart that will never run dry. Let me tell you right now, you can be hopeful, but you need to connect your desires, your aspirations to the purposes of God. Refocus Your why. Two, and this is going to bless you, and this is only two I'm going to share with you today. Speak the word of God to what seems hopeless. Speak the word of God to what seems hopeless. Think about that. Now, you may have heard something like that before. Maybe you have, maybe you haven't. But if you have, let me just speak to those who have, and then I'll speak to those who haven't. If you have heard that before, let me ask you a question. Are you doing it? Are you doing it regularly? Think about it. What seems hopeless? What seems lifeless? Are you speaking? Not have you spoke? Are you speaking life to what seems hopeless? That's the question I want to ask you. And maybe you've never heard this before. Maybe this is like a new concept to you. And you're like, well, okay, what does that mean? Well, let me show you what that means. There's a story found in the book of Ezekiel chapter 37 right Ezekiel was a prophet and God appears to him in a vision form and the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord this is Ezekiel 37 I'm going to read from 1 to 10 and he set me down in the midst of the valley and it was full of bones then he caused me to pass by all around and behold there was a very there was there was a there, there were very many in the open valley so Think about it like a, a cemetery, right? Imagine a cemetery just filled with bones, just dead bones. So Ezekiel in the spirit, he sees this. This is not an actually happening, but he's getting a picture in the realm of the spirit and he sees a whole bunch of dead bones all around, right? And indeed, they were very dry. That means they were dead for a while. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? That's a question that God asked him. Can these bones live? And I believe God is asking you the same thing. So I answered, oh, Lord God, you know. And that not that what we do often? God, it's up to you. God, you know. You, you know if they can live. You, you know if this can happen. You, 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 know, you know the end from the beginning, Lord. It's, it's all on you. You know. And God is like, no, no, no. I, I'm not here. I know what I know. What I'm interested in knowing is what do you know? What do you believe? And he's engaging Ezekiel. Can these bones live? What's in your heart? What are you you hoping for? Verse four, again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise. I want you to think about that for a second. There was a noise. As I prophesied, there was a noise, and suddenly a rattling. So imagine you're in this field, you're in the cemetery, if you would, there's a valley, there's there's a bunch of bones, and you begin to prophesy to these bones, and you declare, you will live. And as soon as you start uh, uh, releasing that word, there's a noise and there's a rattling. And that's what happens when we start to prophesy. There is a noise, there is a rattling, but we sometimes make the mistake getting excited just in that moment. And we don't continue to speak. And you'll see this in a little bit. So it says, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling and the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them over. But there was no breath in them. There was no breath in them. So in other words, the bones came, the flesh came, everything came. There was a nice, you know, image of bodies, but they had no life. And this is where sometimes people, they they make the mistake. Pastor, I did that before. I I, I prophesied before, I declared before, I spoke to my hopes before, I I, I said this before. Okay, but did you continue? Because it could be that there was a noise, there was a rattling, something started to change, but you stopped speaking. It could be that you got excited, you got, you know, just just pumped that, okay, I feel good. I'm, I'm feeling like, you know, this is happening. So something's changing, but you didn't continue. And this is why God had to speak to Ezekiel again. He said, also, he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Okay, I'm not impressed by the noise. I'm not impressed by the rattling. I'm not impressed by the things coming together. I want to see breath. I want to see life. I want to see animation. I want to see hopes come alive. And he says, don't just prophesy and get excited for the noise and the rattling and things looking like it's coming together. No, I want to see the whole shebang. I want to see everything. So he says again to him, prophesy to the breath, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and breath came into them and they lived and stood upon their feet an exceedingly great army. Now, I want you to see this. And this is a picture of of the nation of Israel that God was giving to Ezekiel and he was instructing him to prophesy over them and life would come to them and their hopes would be restored and they would come back to God and a whole bunch of all, all these great things. But as it pertains to you, It's not enough to say the word of the Lord once or the word of the Lord twice or a season or two. You must have a perpetual posture that is speaking life to the promises that have been spoken to you. Can your hopes live is the question. Can it live? The answer is yes, it can live. But you not only need to refocus your why. You need to also refocus your tongue and begin to release words to it, words to your family, words to your ministry, your business, your health, your finances, your dreams, your hopes, your aspirations, your career, your schooling, your education, your, what, whatever it is that you, your hopes are tied to. You need to begin to speak life to it, and you need to begin to say, you will live. Oh, my God. And the moment you do that, there is a noise in the realm of the spirit. Something is shaking. Something is rattling. Something is starting to move. Something is coming together. I can see bones coming together from this point to that point. As you're speaking, it's rattling. There's a noise. It's coming together. And when it comes together, what do you do? Continue speaking. Now you see the formation. You see it coming together. You see the relationships forming. You see things happening as you thought they should. Now prophesy to the breath of God. Prophesy. Call the wind of God into that that relationship, that family, whatever. Begin to speak fullness of life to it. Don't stop once you see improvement. You continue to speak the word of God. Let me tell you something. Speaking the word of God is where it's at. It's where it's at. And God wants to re-energize your hope today. But he's he's directed me to tell you this. It starts not only with refocusing your why, but you need to refocus your tongue. And you need to begin to speak the word of God to your hopes. I will not be disappointed. The love of God has been poured into my heart. Hallelujah. I I will go forward not afraid because the love of God has been poured into my heart. I declare life into this, life into that, life come into this in Jesus' name. I am am loved by God, and I'm speaking his word, and his word is powerful, and it is working on my behalf. You need to release life to your hopes. I'm declaring right now that your hopes will not disappoint. They will not disappoint. And this is an amazing time right now because... As you know, many people may feel hopeless. We're going to get past this. We, we've been hearing some great encouraging news uh, as, we, as we think about COVID-19. I believe it's passing away just as we have prayed, just as we believe. But there's going to be some people that are suffering. There's going to be people who are having to, you know, deal with the aftermath of, of what, you know, what, what's now, what does life look like now? What do, I need to, what, what do I do now? Some people are going to be without hope. You're going to be that person that speaks hope into their life. It starts with refocusing your why. It continues with refocusing your tongue, speaking the word of God. Man, I want to take a moment right now to speak the word of God over you. Praise the Lord. I believe that your hopes are so precious before God. And life circumstances may have tried to snuff it out and make you feel like it'll never happen. Look how delayed you are. You should have been here by now. You're, you're, you're still, you still didn't finish school. You're, 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 still, you're still in debt. You know, you're, you're still not married. You still haven't even found that person you want to be married to. You're still living here. You're, 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 you're still not where you want to be. Those are thoughts that are coming from the enemy. God is saying something different to you. You need to refocus your Why? Why should I believe for this? What's so important about this? What does God get out of this? And refocus your tongue. Now let me align my words to the why. Let me align my words to his promises. And let me speak life to my hopes. I'm declaring your best days are ahead for you in the name of the Lord Jesus. You will be a person filled with hope. I'm speaking that... The why will be clear for you. You will know God's purposes. Lift up your hands right now, right where you are, as I release this blessing over you. In the name of Jesus, may clarity come to your spirit. May clarity come to your mind. And may you know God's plans and purposes for your life. And may you be clear on the why. No longer will you do things just because it's the thing to do. You will do it with a clear understanding of purpose, and you will rejoice in that purpose. You're not going to be frustrated no matter where you are, no matter what stage you're in. These are good days for you. I'm declaring right now, everything that has caused you to be stuck, everything that has caused you to be delayed, everything that has slowed you down, I command to be removed from your path. Right now, let a broad path be put before you. You will run through a troop. You will leap through a wall. You will fulfill God's plan and purposes for your life. Your hope will not disappoint. My God, I'm so excited about that. Your hopes will not disappoint. God's love is in you and it is confirming his plans and purposes for your life. Man, I could just sit there for a little bit and just teach, but my time is up. But I'm just so excited for what God is doing for you. Um, Let us know how we can meet any urgent needs you have. We are available for you. and We have some more uh, announcements coming up to share with you, some some words I want to share with you, especially if you don't know the Lord. I want you to realize that this is a time to be saved. You can know the Lord. You can be saved. I want you to just pray this prayer with me. Father, come into my life. I believe your son, Jesus Christ, died for me, and I receive him as Lord and Savior. If you receive Jesus as your Savior today, if you've prayed that prayer for the first time, stick with me for a little bit. I want to give you some more information on how to grow this relationship with God. This is an amazing time for you. Jesus loves you. We love you. We're here for you. If God is changing your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. You can give through our website at www.nylifechurch.com and click on the gift tab. Thank you for listening and remember to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this. Go and live a purpose-driven life.